Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here, as always, with a man who needs no introduction. He is a man unto himself. He has many titles, but the one that we bequeath upon him on this pod is the Captain, Captain Jack. Wow. How are you, sir? It's you, good to see you. You are, you are, going, you are going full... King's English on. Ah, I'm feeling. Uh, I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm feeling old fashioned today, man. I don't know. It's it's the it's the it's the cold. It's the rain, it man. Is. I got my flannel, man. I've had a it, a day of con- awesome, good conversations. I'm just. I'm feeling. I'm feeling fallish, Jack. I'm not gonna lie. I'm feeling fallish. It does, it does look like uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail out there right now. Mm-hmm. It's like very it gray, very yeah. damp. Yeah. Very. Um, yeah, I'm in. Very, I'm in on it. Very spooky, spooky season, as they say. That's right. Spooky That's season what they say. Up. Unless, unless you're not into so. that, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I you know, mm-hmm. growing up, you know. Wasn't I mean, into we, that, we, you know? we, it's Reformation. We like to, it's we we like to, it's yeah. Reformation weather, as you say. <laughs> yeah, Reformation exactly. weather. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's good to see you, dude. Yeah, as always. Yeah. Are we going to be less grumpy on this ep? I feel like I feel like we should be less grumpy. I feel like <laughs> I the, think, the last couple will be man. Whoo. Whew. I don't know about I don't know about grumpy. I think we'll be less uh, pot stirring, gummy gummy worm mm. stirring, if you will. Less yeah. of the less of the stirring of the gummy worms. That's right uh, for people. That's right, uh, and a little bit yeah. more. Um, I guess like good orthopraxy. I guess talk. Yeah, that's right. That's so, right. Some some good old fashioned yeah. local church talk. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, dude, let's hop in. Um, I, oh, I actually have some good news. I've actually got a couple pieces of news before oh, yeah. we hop into yeah. our, our patron. One first news is I think I fixed my camera. All right. So like this is watchers, true. listeners and watchers of the Reformatory will know that I have been plagued. I have been I have huh. I've been suffering huh. uh, with camera issues. And like we'll get to that like forty minute mark and the camera just turns off. And I believe after testing it this week, changed some settings around, 
work some things out. I think I fixed it. So, Lord willing, Deo Valente, you should not see a black screen on my side of the screen anymore. Uh, and, Hopefully. you know, I say that and watch the Lord, you know, show me yeah. his sense of humor and make it happen today. But I tested it last week. Yeah. I ran it for like over an hour and 20 minutes and it did not shut off. So, we should be good. I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, Jack, we have another piece of uh, another piece mm-hmm. of, of of business. We have a Bid- vow bidness, that bidness, we must yeah. fulfill, for mm-hmm. we have a name that must be hallowed through the halls. Yes, sir. Yes. All right, so we have a new patron that has joined the podluck, has given of their mm. of their treasure to support the reformatory in the form of a five dollar holla, and they have joined the all access team. We are here today to hallowed the great Hallowed, the sir. wonderful Hallowed, sir. Yes. the incredible the inevitable Steve Walter Steve mm. you're a legend my friend I actually know Steve personally and I can't do you attest. know Steve okay I do know Steve okay. actually Steve is a legend okay <laughs> uh, not only does he have uh, excellent uh, taste in cigars uh, but he's also quite the photographer uh, and he uh, that's he good. Has, he has a very good eye for for class and sophistication there. And I mean, it makes sense just him joining the ranks of the reformatory because every patron that is uh, in the podluck is one of class and sophistication. Let's be honest. This is true. All right. This so, is true. Steve, uh, my friend, we thank you for your patronage. We thank you for coming on board. Thank you for showing up to the podluck and giving of your five dollar holla. Mm-hmm. Um, and listeners, you too. If you if you if you don't want to miss out, if you want to be part of this very exclusive and then let it be known, it's exclusive club of reformatory supporters. Head on over to reformatory or uh, patreon.com slash reformatory pod, and for five dollars a month, that's it. We keep it cheap. We keep it great, but the content you get is excellence. It is not subpar. Yes. It is the piece de resistance of <laughs> exclusive content material. For $5 a month, you could head on over there and uh, become a Patreon supporter. And just like Steve, our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of the podcast. That's our pledge to you. We thank you, Steve. And Jack, that is enough of the business. Mm. Moving on uh, to our reformatory cigar of the week, my friend Jack. It is it is September's for Sinistro. All right, and this is we true. are nearing the end of September. This is our final yeah. Sinistro cigar Oof. that we are yeah. going to be reviewing for for September, and then we're going to hop into uh, a new a new venture next month. But Jack, why don't you please give us the final September's for Sinistro cigar? What do you got for us? All righty. So as this is the last week of September. Uh, the aptly titled name of this cigar is called The Last Barbarian by oh, man. Sinistro. Um, the so Last good. Barbarian is... Um, man, this is interesting because usually on the Reformatory, we are very much Nicaraguan snobs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We like the tobacco to be from Nicaragua for the most part, but a lot of the cigars from Sinistro have this like mix of Dominican and then mm-hmm. some little added added other tobaccos in there. And so um, the last barbarian is it is handcrafted in the Dominican Republic by some of the most gifted cigar rollers 
at the R- uh, El Artista Cigar Factory, one of the world's yep. most famous historic cigar factories. So, the breakdown as far as the profile goes of the cigar. The wrapper is Dominican Maduro. The binder, interesting binder, African Cameroon. African right. Cameroon wrapper, or binder right there. Uh, and the fillers, man, it's a lot of filler. So, Dominican Super Lajero. Yep. It ain't just Lajero. It's, it's super. It's, li- it's super. Yeah. Uh, Nicaraguan Ligero. Pennsylvanian Ligero. And Nicaraguan Seco Full Bodied. Dude, mm. this is this is quite the line this is quite the the conundrum of of filler right there. Uh, yep. it comes in two Vitola sizes, uh, Robusto five by fifty two and the Toro six by fifty four. It is a full cigar. Yes. It, it ain't no, there ain't no medium about that. This this Dagon is a full cigar. Um, Josh and I have both smoked this cigar. It is fantastic in both Vitola mm-hmm. sizes. Um, the obviously the Toro is going to give you a lot more flavor, um, but the Robusto it doesn't shy away either. So um, was I? I think I was in the lounge when we first had this, like several months ago. When it I came was out. yes, I was with you. So it came out a few months ago. I was with you when I had it for the first time, and I said upon my first enjoyment of it. <laughs> Yeah. This is one of the best cigars that Sinister has made. And I still, to this day, stand by that. It is it is this a is fantastic stick. So good. Yeah. Um, anyways, that is the breakdown of it. It, I mean, with, with those kind of flavor profiles, like I said, with that full-bodiedness and the Maduro wrapper, you are going to get more of your typical fare of coffee, cocoa notes, um those more darker flavors per se then you're gonna get like fruitiness or anything other than that or anything on the lighter side of things um it's very rare that uh, a cigar would have kind of like you know the cigars that we reviewed from sinistro have been a mix because you have certain parts of the wrapper that are candela they're kind of candela tipped like the last cowboy mm-hmm. that we talked about last week this is not, but it has a different array of tobaccos. Um, and, I mean, just the different plots in just, like, one, one like, acreage of land in yeah. either the Dominican Republic or Nicaragua or anywhere, the different plots of land are going to produce some different flavors as well, too. And so mm-hmm. just because it comes from a certain area, it may not produce exact same flavors all the time and that's what's interesting about cigars um but i mean this is you're gonna have some some pepperiness a little bit Mm -hmm. you know mixed in that with some sweetness as well too yeah it Uh, smooths out something i will say about this stick is that it comes off strong a little bit i mean this Uh sticks a lot like me you know out of the gate come off a little strong (laughs) not sure if you like this guy but you get to know me And I'm a, it's just a sweet, it's a sweet teddy bear. That's all it is, Jack. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember the MSRP. I want to say it's the same as we usually have done, where it's the 9 to 11. Yep. If I remember. Yep, right in there. Depending on, depending on your particular brick and mortar, you're going to be looking at that 9 to 11 (laughs) price tag. 
Yeah. Yep. Which we've been talking about. Anyways, that, All right. Josh, is the last Barbarian for this last week of September, sir. I love and it. And we well, will Jack- be announcing another... We'll be we'll be on this trend. So we've been on mm-hmm. a trend. I'm yeah. not announcing it now. No. But we've been on not this yet. trend of certain months or for certain cigar makers or brands mm-hmm. or anything like that. So we're going to continue that into Reformation yeah. Month. Yes, we will. So, oh, I'm so excited. Dude, yeah, Reformation Month's that. coming up. Here oh, we, my go. goodness. Josh, I, I just it's thought, like Christmas for dude, Josh. It's like dude, Christmas Dude, you just reminded Josh. me, man. Oh, yes, <laughs> baby. It's uh, happening. Here we go. Oh, I'm yep. so excited. Yes. All right. Well, Jack, as always, my friend, excellent job. Well done. Bring in your A game to the cigar game, as always. So that is The Last Barbarian by Sinistro. That is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. And my friends, you know what to do. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack, here we go, man. Let's get into some let's get you know what we're gonna talk about today, Jack? You know what we're gonna talk about today? We're gonna talk about we're gonna we're gonna talk about parachurch ministries. That's what we're gonna talk we about. We are. All right. Yes. Because we got some things to we, we got some thoughts, we got some things to say. <laughs> All right. Um, so this first is, off, this Jack- is not this is not gonna be a scorched earth episode. Like no, the last no, 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 couple no, no, episodes no. here, people. So just, <laughs> just no, fair warning no. here. No, 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 no. We're not gonna we're not gonna go all eight to nine on parachurch ministries. But <laughs> yeah, uh, we do have we do have uh, some thoughts. Uh, we do have some sure. some. Uh, you know, for me, I have some concerns. Uh, and some thoughts that I would like to pose for the consideration of our uh, very intelligent uh, and well-rounded listeners. So, Jack, let me ask you first, uh, before we hop into the topic, do you have any personal experience with parachurch ministries? Because growing up, um, uh, I did. I know, you, I know you didn't grow up as a believer, um, but I'm wondering, mm-hmm. do you have any, you got, do you got experience with any, any parachurch ministries at all? So I would say that I became a believer through a parachurch ministry, which okay. is kind of interesting. So yeah. uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, yep, uh, which is now known, <laughs> that isn't PC anymore these days because the Crusades, naughty words here. Are you um, serious? <laughs> is that a real thing? I think it, I think it was why they changed oh, their name to a certain Oh my goodness, extent. that's... In any case... Um, they changed it. They simplified it to crew, C R U, and that's about crew. it. Crew, like Motley um, Crew. Yeah, everything's that's so an much acronym. better. Yeah. Everything's an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, I came to know mm-hmm. uh, the Lord through that ministry because it was a staff member who had shared the gospel with me mm-hmm. uh, at my college. Because Campus Crusade for Christ is a, mostly a college. They get a lot of. Uh, I would say a lot of their staff members are at colleges, but then mm-hmm. on top of it as well, too, they do a lot of um, outreach work internationally through that. Yeah. Uh, because I believe the uh, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, he was very focused much or very focused on the uh, the fact that you had a lot of people, the nations coming through universities. So how can we spread the gospel through that? So sure, but yes, okay. I am very familiar with that. Even though I am a, I am not a, uh, <laughs> I wasn't brought up culturally as a believer in that sense. Sure, but yes, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some similar experience. I wasn't wasn't so much campus crusade for Christ, but I did some stuff with Young Life. 
I have experience with mm-hmm. with Young Life, and then I've got a lot of friends that did the. Um, I can't think of the. It's like the adventure backpacking uh, thing. I can't. Re- I know somebody's screaming at me right now, uh, but I can't. I can't remember what it's called. Um, something maybe adventures or something like that. I'm not sure, but anyway. Um, so yeah, yeah, a lot of actually some 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 good experience with with Pure Church Ministries, and and I'll 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 say this at the at the onset. Um, there is such a wide spectrum because of the ways that these yeah. par- that parachurch ministries are are constructed that you you have all different flavors of Christianity in parachurch ministries. You never know. Yep. You re- truly never know what you're going to get. Um, and the parachurch <laughs> ministry, uh, you know, whether or not that that specific you know localized chapter, if you will, of that parachurch ministry, kind of. If it's solid or not, really does depend on kind of who's in leadership there, right? Um, yeah, you have some that uh, you know just are just real bad, just really really bad, and it's just <laughs> teaching some crazy wacko stuff, right? Oh yeah, and then you have some parachurch ministries uh, that are doing some some legitimately good work. You know, and good evangelistic work. They're sharing the gospel uh, with a demographic of folks that might not, you know, darken the doors of a church. They're reaching, you know, mm-hmm. it's usually usually young people, um, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and bringing them in and getting the gospel in front of them, right? So there are yeah. a lot of people that work in parachurch ministries that love the Lord, uh, that love sharing the gospel, and are doing it very well. They're being very faithful and very honoring, and I would say very obedient to the command of the Great Commission to share the gospel and make disciples, yeah. right? Um, so you're, I, I'm not going to just come out and bash parachurch ministries because people like you, I know people like like my dad was influenced uh, uh, in the gospel through uh, one of his wrestling coaches that ran Young Life, Right. And I yeah. he, he, remember hearing that story, and I'm thankful for that. I, I'm thankful that your campus crusade, you know, whoever that was, loved you enough to share the gospel with you. I'm, I like, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Right. Um, now that being said, I would, I would like to get into some of the, some of the, I think, pitfalls that parachurch ministries uh, can have, some of the issues that they might have, and, and I would say why I believe the local church is and should be the answer. to to those things right yeah um so one so my my you know i've got i've got just kind of a almost a bullet point list here but but one one of my thoughts as i've you know been involved in parachurch ministries i've been uh you know uh i've seen kind of how the how they function the structure uh things like that and and one of my concerns with parachurch ministries is that by and large, um, there's really no accountability for those leaders and for the for the I would say the theological standards that are taught. Now, I do know um, that you know things like Young Life and 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 things like that. They they do have a it's usually a doctrinal statement or you know you know things that you have to sign to agree you know, to agree with in order to be part of the organization, right? The, the issue with that is that those are usually pretty broad. 
Those are those statements are, yeah. are usually pretty broad and 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 I believe intentionally so, uh, so that you can get it you know a, a large a wide swath of volunteers because it they work primarily off of volunteers right, um, but with that one one thing that I have seen, and we already talked we you know kind of kind of joked about it at the beginning is. The, the massive spectrum that exists in parachurch ministries when it comes to theological distinctives, right? Yeah. Um, when you think about the local church and you think about ministries that come out of the local church, those those specific ministries, whether they're a counseling ministry or or you know a, a, you know some sort of community outreach, right? Those ministries are accountable to and beholding to the theological distinctives and standards of that local church, right? And are functioning under the authority of the elders that God has called to that local church, right? Um, with parachurch ministries, uh, you don't you don't really have that. That's not that that specific level of authority isn't there. And I think that that has the potential and i and, and and i've seen it happen to cause some 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 pretty pretty bad issues you know when you remove really any type of accountability but especially theological accountability uh which is why i think you yeah. end up seeing kind of the large spectrum of of theological things that are being taught in in parachurch ministries right yeah so um, I can give you a couple examples of this, um, both in how things are structured, because Campus Crusade uh, is not structured. It's very, I mean, it's very much uh, interdenominationally uh, focused. So it's going to, like Josh said, it's going to take from a large swath of theological belief, so to say, and, and try to adapt that to the campus. Um, I got into Campus Crusade for Christ, and I was at the time a part of a charismatic church, um, and uh, most of the staff members uh, at Crew they were they all went to a conservative Baptist church, which mm-hmm. I would later become a member of. Um, so they were very much focused in the local church. Um, yeah. So that was great. That was great that there was a focus of the staff members being a part of the local church, and then out of that would come uh, their ministry of the parachurch ministry in crew. You also have some very organized parachurch ministries like uh, Reformed University Fellowship. That's kind of the 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 real reformed uh campus yeah, crusade right. for christ which is the pca's version of that so the presbyterian church of america that is their like they are the denomination that basically holds rough accountable every one of their ministers who's in rough um reformed university fellowship has to be within the PCA, like a, a member of the PCA or like a minister mm-hmm. in the PCA somehow. So sure. um, that is a very structured way of doing it. And then there's also what I saw where it's like, okay, we're part of a local church. You can kind of be interdenominational. But then also there's just, and I kind of saw this as well too at my time at at, at Crew as well too, where you could just use that parachurch as technically your time for like 
it almost you you start to think that that parachurch ministry becomes the mm-hmm. technical church, right? To right. where that's where I was even I kind of needed some tutelage in that because, I mean, for me as a senior in in college. I was in a dorm. I was ministering to other guys on my dorm floor. It was basically me and these other guys, and I was ministering to them. We would hang out. So that you you start to get this mentality of, okay, this is kind of like the church, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> it's not because you're not a pastor. Uh, you're not. Uh, you're not preaching. You may be somewhat doing a Bible study. There's nothing wrong with Bible studies. But you're not authoritatively um, giving the word and shepherding people to the extent that pastors do, and then also uh, giving of and serving the sacraments or the ordinances, which is baptism and the Lord's Supper. Like those yeah. are things that are exclusive to the local church. Even though Christians do that, maybe to a certain extent, out, it depends. Some Christians do those things outside of the local church, and I don't think that is necessarily okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Josh would pretty much agree because we both look at the 1689, the London Baptist Confession, and say the ordinances are given to us by our pastors. They're overseen by pastors. Mm-hmm. They're just not. Right. No, I mean, gr- that's great that certain other Christians baptize other Christians in a Lord's Day service within mm-hmm. the purview of a local church, but yeah. just freewheeling it and doing it by yourself, yeah. um, that just doesn't make you necessarily like a an authority on it. So Yeah. And and, and yeah. that's that that's a that's a concern that I that I've had is and again, not I want to be very careful not to not to broad brush because I think there are yeah there are parachurch ministries that I think do this and, and have the intention to do this and, and I think do it well but you do run into the problem with a lot of parachurch ministries and because that specific ministry is not linked to a specific local church that connection doesn't get made very well so what ends up happening is exactly what you described Jack is you have these you know these you again usually young folks viewing this parachurch ministry as kind of their substitute for church right and all of the you know they get they get their bible time right and they get some of the fellowship there and then and then that's about it and and what i tend to see is what often happens again not across the board but what often happens is that that connection between okay so now that you have, you know, responded to the gospel, uh, and you're, you know, you're wanting to, you know, grow more in this. Uh, you need to be plugging into a church. You need to be you know, submitting and and committing to a local church so that the body of Christ can do what the body of Christ does, right? Um, and what ends up happening is you have a lot of individuals that are coming to these parachurch ministries that just kind of end up viewing them as the only thing that they really need. Right. Um, and we really have to stress the importance of the local church when it comes to ministry. Right. Because what, what can end up happening is you have, uh, basically, 
you're bringing up a bunch of people that kind of just view those external ministries as, as again, as really all they need, right? And the local church doesn't become a priority yeah. and doesn't become something that, that they realize, oh, this is an essential part of being a Christian, right? Um, so you really, and that's that. That's one of the concerns is that is that I see, I often see that, and it and it makes it it honestly makes me sad because you know they're doing a great job at evangelizing, getting the gospel out. But then I find it to be somewhat light on then, okay, so now, <laughs> now it's time to commit. Now it's time to join a local church, right? Yeah. Um, and again, I think yeah. that really does, like all of this, all of these issues that I think we're going to talk about stem from it not, the ministry itself not being tethered to to a local church, right? Um, because the local church is God's plan A, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't an afterthought. Yeah. Right, and I and I truly yes. believe that the local church and the ministries that come out of the local church um, is the primary and, and and I'll say best way to reach the lost. I believe that was God's design. I believe that was His intention, uh, because then it's a very seamless transition to we preach the gospel, they hear the gospel, they respond to the gospel, and we enfold them into our family. Um, and with parachurch ministries, I think they get the first, you know, the first couple down really well. They preach the gospel, share the gospel, right? But then that link to then bringing them into the community of believers can often be an afterthought or, or in some cases, it doesn't happen at all. And I think that's really, really unfortunate. Yeah. And, and the answer to that, I think, would be the local church being the ones to head those ministries up. Yeah, and... I think this is, I mean, really parachurch ministries are really a modern day invention if you think about it. Um, if you look back at like the ancient church and when we look back at scripture, we do not see parachurch ministries happening in the book of Acts because everybody was a part of a local church back then. Like if if you were if you were feeding the the poor and you were helping the sick, you were part of a local church. Um, I think what has happened in the modern day, and this is just a perspective, is that we have become so sometimes fixated with organizations, with ways in which we need to organize people, um, especially in the United States of America, where volunteerism, to a certain effect, it, it was, it really boomed and bolstered, um, I think during the during the times where we had uh, World War II and then post-war mm-hmm. era, um, I think you saw a lot of volunteerism happen, and then a lot of like we can do this in a way in which we can the church is is too small. This idea of like we we can't, <laughs> you know, the church is too small for this, you know, movement. You know, yeah. we talked about this as well, too, on the past episodes, uh, institutions versus movements. I don't think there's necessarily wrong with a movement, but that movement should be tethered to the local church, and the local church should be supporting. It's a symbiotic relationship. It should yeah. not be um, a way in which parachurch is over here and the local church is over here, and, you know, the only way that they talk to each other is maybe that they have people that, are part we have of church that in the park once a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I mean, I think some parachurch ministries, I think mm-hmm. we're starting to see, at least I see this in evangelical Protestantism a little bit more. They're starting yeah. to come back around to saying, how can we uh, get get tethered back to the local church mm-hmm. in a way that's healthy for us, in a way that, okay, all of us belong to this parachurch ministry, but we are also all members of a local church. Um, yeah. You may not be just out of one local church, but you're a part of many different local churches in a region. I yeah. see this with a yeah. couple parachurch ministries in like the, the South Puget Sound here where I'm at, um, especially out of uh, my local church as well too. Uh, where I support members of parachurch ministries that are actually either members of my local church or they are becoming members. So, but yeah, I think that whole focus on, you know, I think they went through that in, I think the sixties and the seventies where it's like, we got to decentralize things and sure, you know, make our little own thing over here. Um, And I don't think that necessarily helped things. Uh, in understanding what a local church is, where I think we're coming back to this more and more often, and that's why this podcast exists, is to make the local church central. But it's becoming more and more apparent, and I and there's starting to be inklings even too, of like how there's a there's starting to be a rumbling of community churches are now going to start popping up to where a church a local church is going to be kind of more rooted around a local community. Um, versus a region, you know, and it just being like a, a regional church or something like that. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting, yeah. what I've been hearing as well, too. So Sure. Yeah, but, yeah, because, I mean, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it's when, when we have that local church focus, like you're talking about, I just, I think it makes, it makes everything e- easier because, you know, another thing that I see with parachurch ministries is that when there are not links to a local church, you end up having it, it, you end up almost having divided loyalties and it's almost competition yeah. with the local church <laughs> right and you have yeah. members that yeah. you know want to serve you know th- you know want to serve there or or can't serve at the local church because you know they're serving at this parachurch ministry or you have you know parachurch ministry in the church trying to do like you know the same kind of ministries and it's and it ends up it ends up being almost almost a convoluted kind of mess a little bit when it would just be so much easier if the local, if these, if these needs that I think the parachurch, uh, you know, a lot of the parachurch organize organizations uh, correctly identify as, you know, these are needs in our community that aren't being filled. So we're going to step in and fill them. It would be just so much easier, so much more healthy. I think so much more in line with the way that God designed it is if those came from the local church, right? And I do think that that you know parachurch ministries exist uh, in some degree, not 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 solely, but in some degree because of some of the failures of the local church to to do what it was commanded to do, right? So you have very well-meaning people, yeah. I think, step into that void, see the need, and say, okay, well, I mean, my church isn't doing it, so let's let's just do it, you know. Um, Again, I don't think that's the only reason, but but when you have parachurch ministries that aren't accountable to or aren't linked to a specific local church, that competition can happen. 
and those loyalties can become divided and you end up not being able to, to, um, I would say serve the community as effectively. Uh, and the church isn't able to do what the church is supposed to do, uh, because, you know, our, you know, their people are, are busy serving at this parachurch ministry instead of investing in the local church. Right. Um, Mm. And it's it, it, it ends up causing, I think, some unhealthy competition in some situations uh, where that doesn't yeah. need to be there. And it would just it would be so much better, in my opinion, if those ministries were to come under the authority of of a local church. And it, I really do mm-hmm. believe that it solves a lot of those issues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or even the fact that I think I what I really appreciate about our Presbyterian brothers and how they formed uh, reformed university fellowship is that it comes out of their denomination and it comes sure, out of sure. their churches as well too. And so I think that now if you have a desire to see something happen in your local church, you would think <laughs> and you would hope that you would have a, a superstructure there put into place already at your local church to help support you and to help th- get things going and stuff like that. And to a certain extent, that's starting to become true in many cases in many local churches. Um, but even sometimes it's like not. So like, for example, a lot of like um, ministries that are focused on feeding the poor, like parachurch ministries that are focused on feeding the poor or housing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Local churches can do that to a certain extent, and I've seen them do that very well. Um, I've seen ways in which that people have mobilized in a local church um, yeah. during Thanksgiving or during Christmas and mm-hmm. have given of themselves in those ways. I think to a certain extent it's just hard because you wonder how people are being shepherded. And I think that's the biggest thing that Josh and I worry about is like, how are people being shepherded and how are people being discipled at the end of the day? Um, hundred percent. And not just, not just out there freewheeling, um, and going it by themselves, so to say, but having that fellowship at a local church, and being shepherded by your local church pastors and those pastors really caring for you. I think that's the real thing that we want to see happen in everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Every believer's life is do you, that you have a healthy relationship with your pastors and that they're shepherding you and that you're being discipled out of your local church. And yeah, if that isn't happening right. and if you're not growing in that way, then that's usually where things go awry. So, right. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, you know, I, that's that's a pretty good place to, to wrap. I think it's just that that goes back to I think the main point is the local church is like like we said, the local church is God's plan A. Right. That is how he designed discipleship, fellowship, accountability, shepherding to happen. That was his design. That was his plan. Right. And the parachurch ministries miss out, I think, on so much when they mm. you know engage in 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 this ministry in in you know whatever ministry it is without tethering to the local church right and i think yeah. that local church brings that accountability right it brings that structure it brings that that 
theological accountability, which is which is very needed in a lot of parachurch ministries, and it brings with it the the focus and the shepherding, right? Of let's let's continue to outreach to these people, but then let's also bring them in, right? Bring them into the church, yeah. Right? Let's not just give them give them you know, a loaf of bread and then never speak to them again. Let's tell them where that bread can be had every week. Right. And where, where that grace can be, you know, administered and received every week and that shepherding and that discipleship happens. So, you know, again, to, to wrap up, like I'm not, I'm not just, you know, just going to rant and rave against parachurch ministries, but I do believe that no one can do those ministries better than the local church. Mm-hmm. I don't think that any parachurch ministry can do better and more effectively what the local church can do. Now, if the local churches aren't doing it, then that's another conversation. Like there are areas yeah. where we do need to step up and we do need to read, you know, the beginning chapters of Acts and look at how the early local church is functioning, not only with each other, but also in the community, right? And there are ways that we, I think, have, you know, by and large, historically failed to be the church, right? And again, that, I believe, has given rise to a lot of these parachurch ministries. But that doesn't mean that we just stay content with the way things are, right? It's like, well, this is the way it's always been, so let's not let's not do anything, right? Semper reformanda, baby. Right, October, yeah. like Reformation Month, is right around the <laughs> right around the corner. We're always reforming. We are always yeah. returning to Scripture to have our minds and our hearts reformed, right, reshaped to be in better conformity to the Word of God. So that would be my encouragement and my hope that as as we as churchmen, right, uh, you know, march down this life that God has given us, that that we begin to see a resurgence and a a I would say coming together with these outside ministries and the local church because at the end of the day man like it it will be such a blessing to the communities as well to the church uh, when we're walking in step together everything's going to be better it's going to be more healthy it's going to be uh you know it's going to it's going to it's going to I believe increase the the quality of ministry when it's being done through the local church I think it'll just make everything better, and that's that's what I hope we begin to see, um, as you know, this landscape changes, especially in America. The local church landscape is changing. Uh, it doesn't mean that the truths oh, yeah. or the or, or or what what we do changes, but our environment, our culture is changing, uh, and I'm very curious to see what ministries are going to look like in the next you know 50 years, because um, I I think it's going to look a lot different than it looks now, man. Sure. And it could be too, and this is maybe just one final word. Uh, it yeah. could be that a parachurch ministry comes out the f- comes out of the fact that you have a combination of local churches working together in sync uh, mm, in sure, an area sure. that that doesn't have the gospel or has a very mm-hmm. um, anemic uh, place in which the gospel is shared. So, like. Mm-hmm. South Puget Sound, like we have a lot of churches that work together f- with like certain parachurch ministries. I think that the thing that I love about some of those leaders, though, is they're very focused on when they bring people through that parachurch, 
that they are pointing them to local churches and they're yeah. not just letting them yeah. just go out there. You know, they're, yep. they're very focused on getting them in a local church and having them shepherded and fed by those uh, local church members and those pastors and leaders of that local church. And so that's yep. something that's very interesting that's come up lately. And maybe that's a future thing that, that will arise, but you never know. So you never know. Leave it at that. You never know, man. But <laughs> what something I do know is that I'm at I'm at like 41 minutes, 42 minutes, and my camera's still on. Oh, my man. camera's still on, baby. I'm I'm Gucci. Josh is surging. <laughs> Dude, I was visiting family this weekend, and my uh, sister, my my younger my youngest, she's she's the youngest. She was running me through all of the all of the phrases, all the phrases that the kids are into these days. Oh man! So apparently, no cap, I can't say Josh. lit. I can't say yeah, dude. That was one of them. Cap, cap, right? Uh, you know, something's cap or no cap, right? Uh, what was what was another one? What was another? I uh, I can't say lit anymore. I found that lit's out. She said she said no 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 lit's out. Yeah, right. Um um yeah. thinna, you know, like I'm 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 thinna do something. All right, that's a that's thing. Just language. Finna do something is just a language thinna? thing. I felt like that's like a thinna, saying down lit, in like cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no cap. All right. Apparently, like, I, like I can't say dope anymore. Apparently, that that went out in the eighties. Like no. I say, oh, that's dope. Yeah, no, can't say that. All right. Language is weird, Jack. I just, it just, I'm just, I'm just getting yeah. old. I'm finally, I'm finally not hip anymore. I, I don't know what the kids are saying. <laughs> all these, all these TikTok phrases, man. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. cap, cap, cap means that's 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 wrong though. It means it's false. I found that out. So if you say no cap, it means I'm not lying. So Jack, yeah. this podcast is no cap. <laughs> Are we trying that was to worst sentence? Our, that was the uh, worst yeah. sentence I've ever uttered on this podcast. <laughs> I've, I I felt after those words, dude. Those words didn't even leave my oh mouth, my and I was. I already regretted every decision that I made leading up to that moment. That was the worst thing I've ever done on this oh podcast. No cap. That was the worst thing wow. ever. Wow. That was so I bad. I feel like no I feel like if you say you're 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 confusing words now. If you say no cap, then you have no yeah. me. It's you're confusing That's true. the audience. You're here. you're my cap. Insane. That's right. Yeah, no, yeah. no, we can't do that. We can't do it. I can't use cap. I need I need my cap. I need cap jack. Yeah, I need Captain yeah. Jack. That's that's what I need. Well, Jack, why don't you uh, do what you do so well and get us out of here, my friend? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you appreciate Josh and I's uh, focus on making the local church central in different areas of our lives, uh, you can follow us on what we call the sociables here on the Reformatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the social media uh, outlets that could be the Facebook, the Metaverse. The Instagram goes well with chocolate and marshmallow, or the sociable, formerly known as Twitter, X. Mm-hmm. Just I'll give it to you. I can't get over that. I can't, X I can't give it to you. Don't give um, it to you. You can find us That's all dope. at those, <laughs> all at those sociable pages, at the tag at Reformatory Pod. And Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might support us in our endeavor to make the local church central to the believer's life. Absolutely. There are a few ways that you can do that. First and foremost, I know we say this, and I feel like it just goes over people's heads. And I understand. If I you know, heard this, I, 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 would, I would probably ignore it as well. But we do ask you, and we ask you sincerely, to leave a 
rating and review mm. on this podcast. If you're listening on Apple and you have you know an Apple device, listen on your computer or, or, or iPhone, we really do. We would ask you to consider scrolling down. And guys, Reformation Month is coming up, so you know what that means. Oh, yeah. Give us some five stars for five solas. Help oh, us yeah. out. All right, help us out. Maybe write us a little review, something nice. You know, give us a little, you know, give us a little something. We'd really something, appreciate something. that. A little something, something. We, we would. We'd appreciate that. Uh, we're on YouTube now. And yeah. if you want to not only listen to this podcast, but see this podcast, head on over to YouTube.com slash ReformatoryPod. Like, comment, subscribe, and click the little bell for notifications, as all the kids say. And uh, you can watch these episodes as well. Last but not least, we already covered it at the top, but I'm going to give it to you one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, we have exclusive content. That's right. Yes. We, just like every other podcast and every other podcast brother, we got a Patreon. That's right. Oh, and yeah. what does, makes us distinct in our Patreon is that it's good. It's delicious. It's fantastic. You get amazing <laughs> exclusive content on our Patreon. Bonus episodes every week, right? Uh, we might be doing a little uh, Ahsoka finale watch party for patrons Ooh. only. Hmm? Oh, oh! did I say that? Maybe. Oh, maybe. 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 All right. Uh, so we would love you to head on over to Patreon and uh, sign up for our all access. It's only $5 a month. It's a $5 holla. All right. And then you too can become a Patreon supporter and have your name hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of the podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. And that's no cap. It's no cap. We thank you all for listening. And we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory. 